to see both sides like Chanel. I have got an amazing guest today, Shaz. I'm more Shaz. I need your surname. Uh, Ahmed. Yes. <laughs> Shaz Ahmed. <My> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shaz Ahmed. And today we're going to be talking about money because he's our finance expert, I, I'm calling you, and guru. And we're going to obviously speak about his highlights. So welcome, Shaz. Thank you. Thank you for having me on Sibo Styles like Chanel. You it's are the podcast welcome. with the best name that I've been on this show. Is that why you come on? Just the name, purely. I've been telling everyone, <laughs> look at this podcast I'm going to go on. See the both sides like Chanel. Yeah, I'm going to probably get some like artists to come and s uh, sing in, in a few shows. Frank Ocean? Ah, uh, I don't know. Frank, will you come on? <laughs> will you come on, Frank? He's in hiding, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, God knows. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, honestly, thank you for coming down. I know um, you love podcasts. I do love podcasts. Listen, I'm an international guest from yeah. Wales. <laughs> All right. This is big. You come all the way from Mal, so thank you so much. <laughs> so let's let's talk about your highlights. Yes. 2017, you were redundant. I did. 2018, sacked. <laughs> yeah. I would say highlights. I would say more like low, Just low, low lights mid, so far. Midish lights. Yeah. But uh, life changing the lights. Uh, 2019, self employed, mm -hmm. and you set up a burger restaurant. 2022, set up your own business. So it's not not long ago. Mm -hmm. And 2023, nominated for Industry Entrepreneur Awards, and you've appeared on BBC Radio and numerous industry press show okay <clears throat> so um yeah i would like to say yes <laughs> well well within five years yeah is, is there a, a, a lot's happened right a lot's happened i think last year this last year just gone so from august to now has been like rocket speed all mm -hmm. the way to the top mm -hmm. it's been really good so your redundancy yes what's the story so i used to work for for barclays bank in the call center doing mortgages it was all right. It's pretty mundane, just on the phone, churning and burning business. It wasn't really any kind of job satisfaction, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. But I was happy that I was mundane and just getting on with it. Yeah. Um, and then they obviously moved all the jobs to Liverpool. Of all places, Liverpool. Not even offshore. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, you're in Wales, Liverpool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they moved all the jobs away. But I did take that as a blessing because they gave us six-month gardening leave. So paying us to do nothing. Um, and obviously money. So I set the burger yeah. restaurant side by side and started that. So when did you, so you studied, so obviously for advice that people that are watching that want to get yeah. into mortgages and, and, and finance, how was that journey? You know, I got, I got lucky, like, honestly, I was, I was living this really like mundane life in South Wales. Yeah. Living with my parents, you know, doing nothing extraordinary, working through call centres that everyone does when you're a young Asian boy. And <laughs> I was working for Lloyds Bank first, left that, and Barclays were offering to pay for CMAP qualifications. So to be a mortgage broker, you have to have a CMAP qualification. Yeah. So Barclays like, we'll pay for that. I was like, okay, well, fine. What's the worst that could happen, right? Got paid for Barclays to do it. And yeah, I was then there for four years before the redundancy happened. Mm -hmm. But I think looking back, working in a corporate environment really helped because you understand processes, compliance, procedures. Whereas if I'd just been self-employed all the way through, I wouldn't. What were you doing before that? How was your upbringing? Um, it's good. We used, to live, we used to own a corner shop, obviously. But we used to live upstairs. It was cute. It was great. It was so good. Um, it's not typical at all. <laughs> you know, sweets on demand, Magnum bars yeah. whenever I wanted it. Pick and mix. Pick and mix. Saw my dad work all hours, you know. So yeah. I learned all that kind of stuff from my dad. In terms of work, my first ever job was selling windows on the phone. Okay. Very unethical. Like, we'd be like, hey, Chanel, you know, we're actually at your neighbor's house right now. Mm. When can we come and see you? Oh, I'd want to see you. No, no, we'll be there in five minutes. And you wouldn't, you couldn't come off the phone until you. Sounds like me when I'm going for evaluation. There you go, exactly. Mm -hmm. Listen, avoid this. <laughs> but um, yeah, very unethical because then we'd hear that the guys who would come and visit would never leave until the sale was done. 
Okay. I didn't enjoy it. It was just a good first job to have. Okay. So, so I feel like that that's uh, a big basis is sales and customer service. Yes. Two yeah, things yeah. that you can't go without in life. Mm -hmm. I think for you to be good at selling anything, you have to be good with people. Yes. Number one rule. And number two, you have to actually be likable. Yeah. And you have to be able to solve problems at the end of the day. You yes. have to be good at what you're doing. Like yeah. It's all good being charming or... I, I think that you know. was my last thing I learned. <laughs> <laughs> I think first was being charming yeah. and, and knowing about your products, yeah. obviously. And then finding out what the person just, wants just and giving it solve to them. Solve problem. You get paid for what you solve. Yeah. Okay. So that was your upbringing. You got your CMAP. Mm -hmm. And then you went to a well-known um, bank. Mm -hmm. And then you got made redundant. How yeah. was your mental health after going through something like that? I, it was fine. I, th right. I think... Yeah, you know what it is? Because I, I think I was of the th the thought that we've got a qualification. Mm -hmm. We're getting paid for six months to do nothing. And we're getting a payout. So yeah. <laughs> what what are you worrying about? There was a lot of people in that office, though, who'd been there a lot longer. So mm. 15, 20 years. But I, I mean, going back to 2017, mm. it was mm, 2018. It was a quite a good time in the finance industry, would you say? In the mortgage world? Yes. I think what people don't realise about mortgage world is when... So even like now when rates are really high, because they are quite high, right? It's hard to get a residential mortgage. Coming down again. Coming down again. But like it's residential right, market that <laughs> suffers when it's like first-time buyers getting mm -hmm. their deposits or paying their mortgage. Mm. Investors, which is what I work in, they're always investing. They'll always look for a deal. So even through COVID or rate rises, the budget, that market of investor finance hasn't really had much of an issue at all. So I, I wasn't concerned, honestly. I was just like, it's just another thing, another learn another challenge and we just get on with it okay mm. amazing well done for that because obviously you set out so did you always know you wanted to do mortgage broken absolutely not no no i, I hate to say this i don't even i don't even like finance or mortgages oh, no. i have no like <laughs> i have no interest i have no interest in it in a sense of it's not i've not grown up looking at the economist and you know, looking at the markets i understand it and i'm i'm good at it i guess but my passion is helping people so this is a vehicle that allows me to help as many people as possible. And and podcasting it does that. And I say this mm. to everyone on my shows. Every single guest I bring on is to help people. Yes. I'm here to help people. The world should be about helping people through knowledge mm -hmm. and obviously education. And that's what we're here to do. We, we don't gatekeep around here. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, and another thing is most people out there are actually not living what they really, truly want to do. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty sad. That's why I feel like you're actually more successful when you are doing what you want to do. Yeah. Um, and you're good at it. And that's and two things that you need to do. So really. that's part of the reason I'm kind of, could you mention it, is why I left the burger restaurant. So that was running really well. But my heart wasn't in it. I was just, I'm not enjoying this. Like mm -hmm. something's not right. So I sold it back to my family who were kind of partners in it because I just wasn't enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And it came to a point where I'd be there in the restaurant on my laptop doing mortgage deals. It's like, this does not make sense. Yeah. Um, and I'd be, because I'd be in the office nine to five and then there six to 11. I was like, forget the money. It's just, this just isn't what I want to do. So I left that. So, I mean, I personally think it's great to diversify in businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, it's if you want to do, the yeah. restaurant industry is a tough, a very tough industry. I love burgers though. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how many times I've eaten uh, burgers this weekend. <laughs> Christmas is, is killed, it's killed me. I'm not going to lie. Back in the gym next week. So, um, but it's good that you actually had that knowledge and you opened up a restaurant and you realised it worked for you and it's okay to open and close down businesses sometimes. Yeah, oh, it's, still, it's still running, by the way. Oh, it's still running. Go. They still give me free food when I turn up, which is oh. not very often anymore. I'm not a, a like a, a, what's the word? I'm, <laughs> Unhealthy eater? Yeah, yeah, well, I'm just not there fishing for free food. You know? 
<laughs> Where is it anyway? I'm, I don't mind going. It's for in a South free Wales. Burger. It's called Burger and Co. It's Newport's best burger. Oh, okay. I'll be there when I get to Wales in between Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how? When you left, what was your big turning point to where you are today, really? Good question. For me, I think it was getting sacked. Mm -hmm. So after redundancy, set up the burger restaurant, but also got into a job uh, as a mortgage broker working with investors. Where, um, how was that? This is it. So I think it was a bit alien to me. I wasn't very good in my first year because I, the language was different. We didn't do HMOs in Barclays or we didn't do really buy to let. So mm -hmm. I didn't understand the lingo. Mm -hmm. Networking events, I didn't quite understand what what people were doing there so I wasn't really good I was learning but I wasn't great straight away and after 11 months I got sacked I think that was the turning point because I was like hang on because after like month 10 I was doing really well <laughs> all of a sudden and then they sacked me with some BS reason and I remember sitting in the car in the car park thinking what on earth has just happened like people like me don't get sacked from jobs like what, what am I going to tell my mum you know, mm. I wasn't even at home by the way, but it's still. So, because you got redundant and got and, and sacked all within a space. Yeah, yeah. And the sacking, again, the reasons were very untrue. We've, we had to go through tribunal and stuff, but it was just like, hang on. If they can, if anyone can do this once I'm performing, I can't let anyone else control my lifestyle or my income. I need to kind of take control of myself. So that's when I was like, I don't want another job. I want to do my own thing. So you opened up your own? company now? Yeah, well, I went self-employed then under another firm for I think three years and that was great. You know what, the guy who was the boss of that, he was like a, a mentor to me, unofficial, he didn't know he was doing it, but he was able to kind of challenge challenge me when I needed to be challenged or control mm -hmm. my ego, control control bits and make me the best kind of broker that I can be. Um, yeah, the ego has to leave. Ego has to leave, it's not about ego, but the best thing is we left on really good terms. I was yeah. like, listen, this is what I want to do. It's a great, and we still see each other now. So. He supported you. 100%. Uh, for, your, for your journey. And I feel like that's what even your, you know, your directors of, of businesses should do. They should show a good example. Mm -hmm. um, hence why I'm here with one of my staff members yes. today. <laughs> He's the man over there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and it's, I think it's really important to be close with your team mm -hmm. and um, be a good role model and influential to everyone around you. Yeah. Uh, most importantly, the people that you're working with on a daily basis, on a one-to-one. -one. Um, being good with everyone, down to people that are helping you even... Especially in Dubai, you've got housekeepers and people that come and bring your food to your door. Yeah. Like, you can't walk two steps without getting help in Dubai. It's true, it's true. <laughs> but it's an amazing place to live. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you some questions and okay. then we can go back to your life. Okay. So, what would you say currently with the market that we're in today is the best investment strategies and do you diversify? Uh, yes and no. Because it's a great question, very topical. I think if you are looking for cash flow, it depends what you want. If you want cash flow, then I probably wouldn't even buy a house right now. I would, <laughs> I would do like rent. Don't to listen to him. This guy's terrible. No, listen. <laughs> do like rent to rent. You know, property management. Right. So give a landlord guaranteed rent. Maybe stick that on Airbnb, mm -hmm. and you'll make a lot of money. And I know people doing it. 15, 20, 30, you know, 25 units make a lot of cash flow. They don't yeah. own the asset, so there's no capital appreciation. Mm -hmm. They're not benefiting from that. But then, do they want to? Probably not. So low entry costs, a lot of headache with management is its job. But cash flow wise, that's what I recommend. Mm -hmm. If you are looking to build up your cash pot, then I do things like flips. Mm -hmm. So buy the worst house on the street, do it up, make it the best house on the street and then sell it. Mm -hmm. Or you can keep it and pull as much money back as possible. Okay. Have you done any of these? I've done, um, I've got a couple of rent to rents. Not, okay. not a lot. All hands off, get management company. Yeah. Um, I've done two buy refurb refinances in South Wales. Didn't enjoy the process. Didn't enjoy tenants. So I've 
Mac sold them as well. Yeah. So right now, <laughs> focused on just the business. That's why I asked you because um, flipping properties is one of the hardest yes. things I've ever done in my That's life. That's easier said than done. It, it's, it's really tough. Um, I've obviously been buying since the age of 24. Mm. I'm not going to give you my age away, but it's quite... 26. Quite, quite a while now. <laughs> yeah, two years. <laughs> and um, I would say... Flipping property in any market is, is tough, even in, in the good market. What what do you find tough? I find what I find challenging is your expectation, managing your expectations. About the money you're gonna get back. Yeah. Okay. And about the property. Mm-hmm. You because you do kind of get emotionally attached to, to your developments. I'm sure yep. you, you were there as well. Mm-hmm. Um I'm lucky if you've got a good building team, it really helps. Yeah. I think that's your biggest challenge. I'm very lucky. Again, my dad. Oh. <laughs> uh, did all my uh, all my development. So I was lucky in that sense, but I learned so much because I'm a builder's daughter. Yeah. And I was on a building site from the age of two. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a lot with about... the hard hat on. And... Oh, I love a hard hat and a ladder. A ladder, right? Yeah. Well, just one thing on that <laughs> as well <laughs> to to help your listeners and yeah. viewers is, yeah, when you're flipping, you might think the end value is X. But you've got to remember, if someone's buying it on a mortgage, yeah. when the value comes out, they're going to base it on sold comparables yeah. that are on land registry. Land reg is like six times out of eight. So you may have made this amazing end product, high end finish, black yeah. taps. We love black and taps. And you're like, Bill next door got uh, two two million for this. Why is mine one point four? Absolutely. And they'll be like, Well, Bill didn't sell it. Yeah, he exactly. You might that. have just remarketed or so the key with that property. is try and spend as try and spend less on the finish as as less as you can but still mm-hmm. make it depends good on the area yeah. obviously and the project design uh, I think that that is uh, that is key and um, developments have you got any any advice for developers at the moment developers right now it's it's cash flow it's it's managing your cash flow for your projects if it's a 15 month project you know what what a rate's going to be and what your costs for your builders everything's going to be for 15 months mm-hmm. I say to people try and get a fixed price contract instead of a schedule of works with just you know, costings fixed price contracts means really they can't change the price apart from a few maybe you know it's ifs and buts if you look at the lending on it lending on development finance on development finance how's that going it's alright it's the busiest thing we're doing right now is a lot of development do you know why they're just uh, itching to give you cash. 100%. People don't realise. People Interest say to so me... so high. People say to me, look, <laughs> lenders are asking too many questions. They've been really difficult. They're looking for reasons not to lend. And I'm like, mm. they're not They're not making any money until they lend you the money. Like, mm. So they're actually doing all the admin, making zero until they give the money out. They yeah. want to lend you the money, but they just have to cover their, their bums, you know, for the risk, right? Yeah, of right? course. I mean, uh, so obviously... From one end of the spectrum to the other, you've got first-time buyers to developers, you know, so... And, and you know, again, just put it in perspective, I deal with a lot of first-timers who've been on a property education course and now suddenly want to do, like, a new build, right? Mm. Great. They don't <laughs> they don't have an income because they've just left their jobs to go full-time and rent-to-rent. Yeah. Don't have any assets, live at home with their parents, yeah. which is fine. But then what that means is their personal guarantee is really weak. Yeah. So when they're signing the forms for the lender, of course, they're going to ask more yeah. questions because they've got no PGs. It, uh... Listen, the UK have made it hard for a reason. Yeah. And I believe they don't want the, the small one-person band Correct. to actually thrive, especially now and in the future. Mm-hmm. That's why my advice is just buy anything you can yeah. and work it up. You know, because once you're on that ladder, there's just no stopping you. I've, I'm, seeing you I'm sure you see it as well, like with some of your clients from one property it's oh, yeah. when you see their growth, when they get to about 10, it's a massive change, turning yeah. point, isn't it, in people's lives? Owning 10 properties in the UK. It's a lot. I mean, so big. my biggest client, um, well, it's big, it's my most prolific client. He bought 15 in nine months in South Wales. So lower cost of entry, but 15 in nine is massive. And now he's buying businesses because he's like, I'm done with property. Mm. Let's just buy a business. Um, 
But yeah, sorry, just development finance again. Yeah. It's interesting what you said, because there are like John Lewis and Lloyds, they want to now become homeowners, right? They want to build developments themselves. So yeah, it's the first timers and the newbies who are struggling, not these big guys. Yeah. Would is... you would you live in a John Lewis house? Because mm. <laughs> uh, I obviously I'd sell projects in Dubai. Yeah. And here I'm more, I'm, I'm a developer and a broker. Whereas mm. the, I'm not even a broker, I'm an estate agent. That's how I still see Listen, you, you, just, you are Chanel. I am woman of everything. You are paid, Chanel. But, but um, when you're going into that Masoni apartment yeah. and you're like, okay, or oh, Versace. And then you're like, it's a little bit weird. Um, I find that the branded residence, Dorchester, Mm-hmm. Fantastic brand. It's a lot of branded residences. That's, that's yes. it. I'm seeing branded residences I everywhere. I see why it's happening because obviously in Dubai it's really big. And to be honest, I've got 25% premium. Okay. So it's plus tax well, on, on your branded residence. This is your podcast, but I'm just going to ask you you know, with a yes. lot of these, I'm friends with a lot of the, the agents in Dubai, you know, similar mm. to what you do. And I've noticed that no one really has exclusive stuff no. anymore. Everyone's got all yeah. the deals. They just want, well, why not? Why is no one exclusive? Um, because is it, they, hard, is it that hard to be exclusive? The com- commission is so so high mm. that they just give everyone a chance, which is really nice and fair. It's completely different structure to UK mm. brokering out there because you don't need conveyances. Yeah. Um, mortgage. To be honest, the mortgage world out there is pretty pretty good. Okay. I well, would actually we'll, we'll have look, a chat. Look into getting into. <laughs> if yeah, you, yeah. It, listen, Dubai is great for anyone who wants to change of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, that's the real <laughs> reason why everyone goes. Yeah. But um. Your hustle level goes from here in, in England because you're so complacent. And England is a great place for business, as you know. Yeah. And then you get to Dubai and you're like a little tadpole yeah. in, a, in a massive uh, ocean. And you're like, okay, I need to step it up. <laughs> so that's, that's why. But I feel like where you kind of, you started peaking um, in the last recent years, you've been doing those things. Whereas setting the foundations, yeah. I started when I was 17. Yeah. So I didn't have time to go to networking events. I was just. I suppose, but it growing. was your. The difference is that was your life in terms of your father being a, yeah. in the trades. Yeah. Whereas I'm obviously corner shop and, and stuff. So it's different, I guess. I've, I've had to push myself into it. But it's amazing. So you got into the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, now what are you what, what are you focusing on? What do I do for a living? I have no idea. Like, it's everyone asks, what do you even do? So. You give me some great advice when I call you, that's for sure. Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. I always answer the phone right quickly. Don't I? <laughs> that's what everyone says I do. So, look, I work with property investors who need financing for their deals, whether it's development, bridging, or just mortgages, buy-to-lets, whatever, HMOs. Um, and to me, that is that is just the function that I, that I do, right? But it's it's the marination on top, as in answer the phone quickly, you know, have good relationships with lenders so they can do, get things over the line, mm-hmm. be knowledgeable, be able to connect people with other people who might need each other. Mm-hmm. I think that's the USP, not I do mortgages, which is, there's loads of brokers out there. Loads. And there's loads of agents and developers Yeah, so what there. is the secret sauce? What makes us different? Yeah. That's, that's why you're here. Yeah. To show to show people that, that you need to have some different substance yeah. to uh, conquer the world. And you've got to care as well. I do care a lot. <laughs> yeah. And are, are, you, are you driven by financial gain in your mm, industry? No. I think money is a byproduct, like it'll come anyway. Like So on, for people watching, listening, when you get a mortgage or a bridging loan or any kind of loan, it'll stay on there, how much the broker's getting paid. And sometimes it's quite a lot in London, but in Wales, it's not a lot. So it depends where you are. And of course, some brokers charge fees. So there's ways of making money, but I don't think, the money side of it is not, doesn't but never bother me because we've never had that much money in the sense of, it, it is what it is, right? What I like and what kind of, it drives me is just helping people and be, being able to help people, getting the chance to help people. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and why? Because I'm, I guess selfishly, people come back and say, oh, you've been really helpful or thanks. I'm telling someone else about you. That makes me feel great, right? Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, just having... I think going an extra mile really helps in business, in any business. Yeah. And um, But then I feel like then you have to actually get it down to structuring a company correctly. You've got well. to set boundaries early on. This is one thing I learned because, again, when I started self-employed, I'm like, I want to help everyone out. I don't care what time. Call me on the weekend. Call me in the evenings. Yeah, great. I'll answer straight away. Great. Now I'm like, oh, God, it's 7 p.m. Why are you messaging me? But I'll still reply. Mm. But that's my fault. I should have set those boundaries earlier on. There's no point changing it now, right? Yeah. But that's why you need to keep up to date with your goals and current vision mm -hmm. and say, okay, but if that's where I want to take this company and this is where I want to structure this business, how am I going to create that? Guess where I'm going tonight? Go on. I'm, I'm actually going to a goal-setting workshop. This is what I'm doing tonight in the evening, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can just come to me for that yeah I'm, I'm really serendipity good at that. <laughs> <laughs> you've manifested me today yeah. um I've got a big vision board with a world on it mm. and um I print out every year every new year's eve I mm. sit down and I write down my goals and I actually take pictures off the internet and I help get my my colleagues I was to cut say, them out for me because I don't have time to do all of the creative stuff because, like I said to you earlier, my creative side is really lessened because I'm so busy, unfortunately, but it'll get there. And then you put your pictures up, write checks to yourself. Okay. I do that. Send yourself a letter Date. to the future you? Mm, no? They burn that. <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot of burning letters okay. uh, when I was in, in that stage of my life, of the past, burning the past. Mm -hmm. um, try and not make it a part of you in your future yeah. and i feel like bringing past things into your current is it's very dangerous and you shouldn't you shouldn't do that yeah. so um i did a lot of uh, cord cutting they call it wow do, yeah. do you think your um your why or your motivation can change as you, as you grow older as you develop no no stays the same no no it, it changes with your happiness mm -hmm. i think the happier you are then the stronger you you'll, you'll be in anything you do Oh. Even going to the gym, yeah, you know, if you've got so much going on in your outside life mm -hmm. and you're not happy, people can't even go to the gym, you know, mm. and they're kind of physically, their brain can't take them there. Gym is therapy, though. They, people should realise gym is a, is a form of therapy. Yes, it is. It is. But you can get addicted to, to things sometimes. And um, I think as long as you're at one with yourself and you're not too self-absorbed with your looks and the exterior, I, I, I say this and then I'm like, I think, the thing, unfortunately, though, the problem Post is... No, no, but the, the world we live in, unfortunately, looks matter and people look at first impressions. So, yeah. like, I think it's not been obsessed with looks. It's been really self-conscious, at least I am. Like, about... Because podcasting before would be audio and, and you know, audio yeah. only. Now it's on video. It's like, you have to have a haircut or have to have a shave. Like, it's just, a, it's a lot of pressure now. Yeah. But when I was in London, I was like, oh, yeah, like... Uh, Towards my team, I turn up in gym wear to the office sometimes, Same. trainers, like really, really scruffy. I don't wear makeup in a day. And then I get to Dubai and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Can't <laughs> be doing that in like Dubai. <laughs> no way, I need a Rolls Royce to bring me to <laughs> Dubai. <laughs> oh God, I shouldn't have said that loud. Okay, so um, as you say, so you, you've seen people diversify with right to rents. Now, what other ways would you, do you think there is to make money at the moment? Um, we, we all hate them. I'm not sure if you uh, deal sources. Okay, no, I love deal sources. Do you love deal sources? I love 
<laughs> oh my god so maybe there are some good ones but literally maybe like i know i am a deal sourcer yeah so, so you're, you're <laughs> one of the good ones i imagine uh but like yeah. you know deal sources who just gone on right move and found a property oh no, no, no. packed up some numbers for the refurb market. and then thinking and it's like what like hang on and you want to charge six grand for the, for that or when they're not really off market or direct a vendor or they're not direct mm. estate agent and there's a lot of it, especially in the lower value areas like Holland and South Wales. Really? Um, yeah. And then you challenge them, even as a broker, listen, this is my client, you kind of screw them over. Yeah, no, they should have done their own due diligence. Like, well, what are they paying you six grand for? Wow. But yes, deal sources who charge. Just stay away from bad deal sources. But Absolutely. if you meet a good one, pay them. So how does it work with you? Do you take someone's criteria and say, I'll find you a deal? Or do you have deals that you found and say? Yeah, obviously I've been in the industry for 17 years. Mm -hmm. So I've got a lot of contacts. And you're connected. I, yeah, I connected. <laughs> so if you're not direct with vendor, it's not a deal. It's not. It's not a source deal, is it? Don't do right. it. Yeah. Don't yeah. even get involved. And I think that's a question you have to ask: mm. Is this direct? Are you direct? And if, if it's a no, you know that you're on a long wing. It's even. It's tough being direct. No, of <laughs> Let it alone is. with three three people on the line. Yeah, but um, I think unfortunately the reason a lot of people get into deal sourcing initially is it's zero cost of entry <laughs> to mm. look at right move. Um and. It's what the property education company's treating. It's to do deal sourcing, build up your cash pot, then buy a property. So there's a lot of bad, bad deal sources out there. And has going to these, so you are on what sort of TV and uh, entrepreneurship? Are you an, are you an entrepreneur? <sighs> I'm so glad you I am not, I hate that. I don't hate that word. It's, but it's always a bit like imposter syndrome. I think an entrepreneur takes more risks than I do. Mm. And they probably solve more problems. But I do. So two years ago, one of my clients got nominated for Young Pro Entrepreneur of the Year. And he took me. He's like, Shaz, obviously you've helped me with what we've done. So let's go. So I went. And the ceremony was amazing. I was like, oh my God, this is great. Everyone's so different. Everyone's got all these businesses going on. And I'm, I must have manifested it in my head. So I, I put myself forward the year after and I got nominated. This is something you would put on your vision board, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm really good at quiet manifestation where I just think things. I might tell one or two people and yeah. it just kind of happens. Um, so yeah, I put myself forward for it. I got nominated for Service Entrepreneur of the Year. Uh, they do it regionally, South Wales. But this is a big ceremony. So Stephen Bartlett won it a couple of years ago. So he calls it the Grammys of Entrepreneurship. Oh. And um, it didn't win. But it's all good. I think... It oh, was... the fact that you got nominated is more... 100%. 100%. So that was good. This year, like, I think six industry award nominations. I haven't won any, which is fine. And I get it. There's there's politics behind it. But it's absolutely fine. Even being nominated is good. Mm -hmm. um, the BBC thing was radio. or wasn't TV. I wouldn't be good on TV, I don't think. Yeah. Way too self-conscious. But no, you're not. But this is it. So the TV. You're so not. By no, the no, way, no, no. The the radio thing was good. <laughs> I've had some guests on already. <laughs> You've had many like, guests on I already. See, I want to see all of my camera shots. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. If I start looking at wow. camera shots, I'm like, no, can't have it on. But um, yeah, the BBC radio thing was really interesting because it was a show called The Everyday Hustle. Oh wow! So it was about mortgages, but also just about making money and similar to this. Mm -hmm. I asked them, like, how did you come across me on my, on my page? And they're like, oh, we've been, we've been following you around for a while. Mm. Which shows then that using social media and Instagram actually works because you never know who's watching. Yeah. Let's talk about social media. Let's talk about social media. You're very active on it. And we've done how many podcasts this year? This is number 38. I think so. it is the last one of the year. It's too many. <laughs> no one needs to see me. Literally every other week of the year you've been on a podcast. And they're mainly in London as well. All that travel time, man. Oh. But this is why I do normally do two, two a day or something. Yeah. Mm. Um. So, so you've done. The, <laughs> we're shocked. You've won the award for the doing the most, most podcasts podcast, yeah. in one year. <laughs> I tell you that much for nothing. <laughs> you do more than me. So, how do you find your clients from social media? Or 
Because um, this is a, a really something hmm. to talk about. It's an interesting question. I think the way I do my, my marketing for my business or for, for me to get business and leads, I like to think of it as a triple threat thing. So it is social media, posting. It's networking, like DMing people. Like I think I DM you saying you've been on Kazi's podcast. How was it? So that's, yeah. for me, that's a form of networking, right? Yeah. Got to know how to do it without being a, a douchebag, right? <laughs> and then also going to networking events. So do all those three, that works. Because if someone sees you at an event and comes over to you, they've seen you on social media, It's they kind of think they know you. Yeah. If you DM people and then you meet them, again, there's that instant kind of, oh, I know you, let's have a chat. So doing all three has helped. I think if it was just social media, it'd be okay. If it was just one or the other, it wouldn't work. But for me, all three. Because everyone says, why you travel so much? Why are you at these events? It's, why not? <laughs> you, know, yeah. you, you never know who you're going to meet. You never yeah. know. A million percent. Um I feel a lot of people, I, I wasn't focused on social media, to be honest with you, up until mm. a few years ago. But I didn't really need to be. I've got a high street office. I've had it for 17 years. All my clients, is rec a lot of them is recommendations, referrals. Mm -hmm. So social media was the last thing on my list. And then I think when I went, obviously, like, step it up and you go to Dubai, and yeah. social media is massive out there. Everyone's on social media there. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, this actually works. Yeah. Um, and now I've started doing more networking. So like you say, it all goes hand in hand. It, that's it. It goes hand in hand. I think all three. Like if one should, the two can't work without the other. So you have to do the social media and face-to-face -face networking. And yeah, it's worked amazingly for me. Right. So the podcasts have been beneficial. Oh yeah, with the podcasting. I think, again, <laughs> it's a form of free advertising the way I look at it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this podcast might be 45 minutes to an hour. I might get three, four clips out of it as a minimum. I can repost those, might get a couple of thousand people watching it. So if I was to say no to coming on, why? It's just silly, right? Mm. Yeah, so yeah, it's all... Yeah, I feel a lot of people, when I was messaging, mm. you were the first person that got back to me, by the way. You were the hardest Always. one to get on because <laughs> <laughs> you're busy and you're far. But um, And you had like 15 booked in probably. Yeah. <laughs> but you were the first person to get back on because it is a nerve-wracking thing to start. As, uh, mm. you know, so thank you very much no for problem. that. So... What is your insight to the current market trends? So in property finance, look, rates are slowly coming down. But to help people understand how rates and interest rates work, the Bank of England base rate, when that goes up or down, does not affect the fixed rate mortgages. One, because they're fixed anyway. Um, but two, they only affect track mortgages because they track the base rate above or below. What affects fixed rate mortgages once they come off the fixed rate and you refix them again is something called a swap rate. So a swap rate is when lenders lend each other money over three, five, and 10 year period. So that figure has been coming down as well. So that's why fixed rates are coming down. But yeah, a lot of people, they get a bit confused that the base rate does have really very little bearing on a fixed rate mortgage. But yeah, rates are coming down. Okay. However, fees are getting really high. So maybe this time last year, an average buy to let mortgage would be say four and a half percent with a 2% fee added mm -hmm. back on. Great. Right now you're looking at five and a half percent, which is manageable great still. Great for you. It's great. Five and a half percent with a seven percent fee. Wow. Now, yes, it's interest only and the fees are added on, so you just pay interest on it. But I think it's risky because if you're taking out a 75% buy to let mortgage, mm -hmm. so you're borrowing 75% of the value, and you add seven percent onto that, it's eighty-two percent. Let's say you're on a two-year fixed rate. If in two years the property values haven't gone up, you're gonna be really over leveraged. And if that's all your portfolio, if you've got three of those, mm. you might end up stuck. So I think it's a little risky to have that. But they lenders are doing that to keep the rates down. So is this a new tactic? Would yeah. you say you've seen a new trend this year? Yeah, the fees are astronomical. Fees, the fees are going higher. Mm -hmm. 
I guess there's other people benefiting though, which is, which is kind of... Well, like... it means more money people can buy because the stress rate is lower and mm. they can get the mortgage, but mm. 7% on your debt. I just think it's absolutely fascinating um, because the government know what's going to happen, right? Like, let's be honest. Oh, yeah, they, and <laughs> uh, they printed a lot of money during COVID, which yeah. they have to know. So, so now we're paying for that, but I feel like the fact that UK they keep they're keeping it that they're, they're keeping it strong the property market is just so strong but who's keeping it strong it's the investors who they keep mm. trying to screw over you know what I mean yeah it's obviously because obviously I'm in sales so what however many properties I've sold this year in UK in London um what say last year it was 50% resi 50% invest investment mm. this year it's probably like 70% residential really? owners wow. and 30 uh, buy to let investors because of the stress test mm. so that's again something new that come out this year mm. um, I'll be honest if your property's got a tenant in there it's just like impossible to sell these days yeah it's true uh, obviously I get the best rents in England of course and I get best mortgages in England <laughs> and no, Wales no I, I actually do <laughs> I like hands down I get the, I, I get the best rate, rates because when my clients are in trouble which is every five years <laughs> in yeah. a recession or, or a, a, a life change um i look for other ways that i can increase their revenue on the same fee yeah doesn't mean i haven't put my fees up this year of course uh because I, i'm afraid everyone had to you know so and my landlords had a hard time accepting that <laughs> so uh yeah i i think it's about solve helping solve people's problems in your industry absolutely as well. i'm seeing a lot of people as well speaking of diversification Instead of single lets or HMOs, go down the route of social housing or supported living. That's what I'm doing, yeah. Yeah, government contracts. Yeah. It's great and, you know, you get guaranteed rent. Yeah. But, again, the lending side is a little bit more difficult, a little bit more expensive. So you need to factor that in. It is, yeah. That's for the people that are very transparent. Of course, names. of course, yes. <laughs> um, no, but I've got a new social housing contract, which is for families. I found HMOs, again, quite challenging mm. to get on on the on the lending side of things yeah and the rate was higher and we don't need more higher rates than <laughs> we already got at the moment yeah so i've again helped my clients and said okay i can get you similar money as a hmo yeah but i'm going to put a family in instead and they're like jumping up Just and do down it. as long as they care about the numbers at the end of the day yeah and that's what i care about as well absolutely um in terms of supported living or social housing just the distinction or what lenders look at if the tenants are not vulnerable so let's just say Asylum seekers. Yeah, that's um, right. Ex My new one is. Yeah, so, ex so then you've got maybe ex military, uh, maybe ex domestic abuse victims, who people who just need a house rather than medication and stuff yeah. like that. From a lending Assist side of things. It's called assisted. Oh, no, so this is the confusion. Ah. You can call it what you want. Then, you know, investors call it what they want. Yeah. But from a lender side of things, they're non vulnerable, so it's just social housing. Okay. It's when you have like maybe uh, people with mental illnesses or learning difficulties. People need ongoing care on site. That's yeah. then more assisted, supported yeah. living. That's basically a mini care home, and that becomes really expensive. Okay. And would you have to tell your lender that it's uh, used as, uh, say, for example, I've got houses with one uh, person mm -hmm. with an illness, and then they'll have two support workers living there. Yeah. So it's like a, a mini. It's like care a mini home. care. Now, so they'll want to see. Look, I'm not the mortgage police. Before we have this conversation, yeah, do what you want, but. Um, if you're going to be disclosing everything, you mm -hmm. need to give them a copy of the lease and that'll just tell them what's going to happen in the property okay. and they usually just look at that. That's good. Now, some leases can be a bit ambiguous or a bit vague. Yeah. That's on the lease. And, yeah, as yeah. long as you've given them the transparency of the lease yeah. and that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, I'm going to have a 300 landlords calling me up tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> the mortgage police. When it gets released, they're going to be like, did you send my broker the... the... I'm like, going to have to dish it. I'm charging you admin fee for that. Okay, and have you got any tips for the financial management? Yes. Uh, keep your bank statements in order and your bank accounts in order. So, like, a lot, I know a lot of people, because I see everyone's bank accounts, I just have money in an account. It's just messy back and forth here and there. So, ideally, have one for your bills one for your spending and one for your savings. And that is, it sounds simple, right? But even I don't follow that, by the way. <laughs> All my money just goes in one. But think of it this way. If in the future, next six months, nine months, 12 months, you want to actually apply for finance, mortgage or whatever. Car. Car. You're going to have to send your bank statements across. Make it easy for them to make the judgment of whether or not they can lend you money. If it's messy back and forth, it is, just isn't great. Mm -hmm. Also, keep on top of your credit file. I say this all the time, I can't say it enough, right? Yeah. Just have a look at it once pay, a month. Yeah, or pay for the subscription. I, I mean, I've got checker on it. it Which just... one have you got? I've got check my file. Yeah, me too. I That's the I've best got, one. I mean, I've got all of them. I've, check cause... my file's the best one because it pulls yeah. Mixperia and Equifax and it's yeah. colourful. puts it both in one. And then obviously you get notifications. Yeah, when it changes or when new searches are on there. Searched, searched, and yeah. on that note as well, just mm -hmm. avoid things like CCJs. You know, in this country, I've said it so many times, to get a CCJ is so easy. You know, that parking fine you've got. Open your letters. Open your letters. because Yeah, that parking <laughs> fine you've got. If you ignore it, you get another letter. You ignore that your CCJ. It's as easy as that. Yeah. For the sake of, how much is the parking fine? 60 quid? Yeah. Just pay the 60 quid. Maybe argue about it afterwards, but get it paid so you're not getting chased yeah. or getting CCJ'd because if you've got a CCJ, it's hard to get a mortgage afterwards. Yeah. And even like, some people want to argue if they move out of a property and their tenant moves out because we get it all the time and then they haven't changed their the, Yeah, the address and over. stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I said to the landlord, no, 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 just pay, just just pay that Thames Water bill of thirty pounds. Like mm. we have, because obviously I've got managing agent company, so we have loads of letters coming through the door for all of our properties. Mm. And then the landlord was like, "But I, I weren't there in that period." And I'm like, "Okay, but no one was there. So there still needs to be a bill paid. So, so we're trying it. to be on top of it. But like some landlords don't want to pay. I'm like, no, you have to pay it because yeah, we've got good. We've had bailiffs in our office for like it's mad." <laughs> £50, and, and then plus charges, £250 now. Oh, Ridiculous. God. It's, it's, not, it's not great. Other things, I think, if you are going to look to apply for finance, uh, the, the big one that people fall, fall over on is deposit. Mm -hmm. So there's two things. There's proof of deposit and source of deposit. So proof is you have the money. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so my savings, here's six months bank accounts, is there. Source of deposit is where it gets cool. It's like, where's that money come from? Lenders and underwriters want to see a build-up of funds. Or if it's a lump sum that's coming from somewhere, well, where's that money come from? Oh, yeah, my auntie should give me a gift. Okay, great. Where's she got that money from? Mm -hmm. It sounds really funny, fussy, but solicitors have to check that. And overseas deposits? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very tough, aren't they? Where's it come from? Has it gone through the anti-money laundering checks? Mm -hmm. Just to make sure money's clean. Then, you know, it's a usual yeah. question to ask. Are you finding it a bit of a challenge getting people uh, overseas money into UK at the moment I'm seeing a trend of that um, it depends where the money, it depends where they're based so Middle East usually is okay as long as they've got a trail of where that money's come from mm. it's normally fine it's just when they can't prove where they got their money from or if they're not working for like a multinational sometimes that's like okay well how about a proceeds of a sale mm -hmm. but then where would they check uh, where they got that money from to buy the property that they then yes. sold for a massive profit Yes and no. It depends which broker you work with. It's, mm -hmm. I'm not just me, but lenders and underwriters have to check and just take it off. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it's the solicitor who has to sign it off. So if you can get a solicitor on board who's kind of okay with it, 
Who knows, days. maybe knows a little bit about the background yeah. and done their due diligence. Or has worked yeah. with you before. Maybe you know, you've got the contact, you've got yeah. to use this guy. I would say some tips for everyone. Have a really good solicitor, conveyancer. Mm-hmm. Have a really good mortgage broker and have a really good accountant. Yes, I was going to say accountant. And have a very good agent. estate agent. Absolutely. Good managing agent. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think I'm a bit more of a property advisor now. And I like to consult a lot on what mm. to buy and what not to buy. You've got all this experience. Yeah. So it would be a shame just to I just want people to, to come to me and, and know that they can trust, you know, my judgment. Uh, the thing is, there's a lot of advice out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I've actually done it all. Yeah. So I'm Incredible. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like when people, when you see these people on screen. And everyone's in real estate now. Uh, it's yeah. so easy to be in real estate. Yeah. What do you do? I'm in real estate. <laughs> yeah. um, the other thing as well, because I see us again, I just see bank statements all the time. Oh, if you're, tips. let's say you're going to lend me money, just because, you know, we've gone mm. for food, you're going to pay me back for my food that I bought you, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Don't put funny things like drug money on there or whatever. Oh. It's so stupid. <laughs> and it just causes more questions than it's worth. Yeah. So little things like that. And don't use, because I've got friends that I tell them, cash is not, they don't like it. So don't take out too much cash and don't put in too much cash. Yeah. Do you agree? I agree. I agree. And, and gambling. Right, gambling. Yeah. Do, you to, do you want to talk about only? Should we talk about OnlyFans? <laughs> just, did you think we were going to do this today? Come, let's do it. No, so okay. OnlyFans generally. I'm not going to talk, ask if you subscribed on OnlyFans. Listen, I'm just talking from a third person perspective. What so, you see in other people's bank statements. Absolutely, course, absolutely. No, so not I, that I, we can talk about disclose. I'm not going to name anyone <laughs> on or off air. OnlyFans comes up as OF and then tran- whatever the name is, yeah, on transactions. I, I wouldn't I'm know. telling you, I'm telling you, it does. Right, you're telling us. Okay. I'm the subject matter expert on this. Okay. <laughs> so that's what it comes up as. Yeah. Now, or Leslie Ladbrooks comes up as, I think it does come up as Ladbrooks, William Hill, yeah. William Hill. So yeah. it'll come up quite clear what it is. Mm. If you're spending, say, £50 a month on each of those or either of those, that's that's fine. Where lenders have a problem is if it goes from 50 to 100 to 200 then it becomes habitual and a worrying trend. And then when, that's my last question. So one or two... Gambling subscriptions one or, or two only horse fans. Bet or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. So one, the odd, maybe one or two subscriptions. To it's okay. This is right. when it becomes like a, a an ongoing trend. It's getting worse and worse. That's when it's a problem. Okay. So subscribe. Do what you want for your habits. Just you know. well, and remember, they go back. <laughs> they go back six months. Really, realistically, you would say they go. They ask for three, but then they can go back six. If so, if the three it just isn't clear, which mm-hmm. goes back to having clean bank statements, then yeah, they yeah. can ask for more. Yeah, of course, and obviously your employee has to has to match up mm-hmm. and everything has to be squeaky clean 100 percent. um so casinos no 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 i do it it's just don't, don't make do don't it. make it seem like a worrying trend where it's like <laughs> don't on. do it trust me is, is this guy lonely he's been going to casinos once three times <laughs> yeah, no, three times three times a week you went that week um yeah, people don't realize it's it's, it's, it's it can really damage your life uh, CCJ can. can really damage CCJs are so bad and people six then say years, six years on your last viral. exactly but people say why are they asking so many questions it's like well, you're asking to borrow £100,000 I think they've mm. got every right to ask questions a million percent and they're going to ask questions and it's going to get worse yeah. let's be honest money's going to get harder and harder to, Absolutely. to get especially liquid mm-hmm. uh, cash are you seeing more of a trend on the cash purchases and how are people getting their money so, yes so Again, in the world I operate in, uh, a lot of people are buying properties in cash, doing them up and then refinancing through me. But in terms of how they bought it in cash initially, they're normally using investor finance. So they give an investor, say, 12% for their money and then just pay them back that way. It's great, but it does 
it's very, very borderline and breaking like FCA regulations. You're not meant to be marketing for money that way. So on social media, you can't just say, I've got this great deal. I'll give you 10%. I need this much money. You need to pre-qualify who you're speaking to. Make sure they're a sophisticated investor. You can't just ask for money like that. Okay. But so everyone, everyone does. For example, I have an investor at the moment. Yes. Um, would Who would do their checks on their, where their money's coming from? How does that work? So when they transfer you the money, they should never transfer you to directly. It should be through a solicitor who does the anti-money loading checks. Okay. Oh, that's very important. Never take money from someone directly like that. No, no. <laughs> Any investors go through a solicitor and they should do the anti-money loaning checks. Okay. That's a really good... Very really, important. Really good advice. Yeah. And you, you'd recommend to set up a new vehicle? Because that's what I would recommend. Yeah. I'd do each property that you're going to go into um, a JV with someone. If it's a JV, yes. Mm. But if it's a pure hands-off investor, then just do it in your own holding company. Okay. Okay. That's but can you believe... So this is what I mean. People are lending money to the tune of like hundreds of thousands of pounds unsecured. I know. It's mad. It's mad. I mean, yeah. but it works. You know, I know people, we know people who just do that and then pay them back. Yeah. I think trust is, is really big here, but um, I wouldn't advise it at all. I wouldn't advise it at all. I think, um, like I spoke to someone last week and they'd had like £300,000 robbed. Robbed? Wow. Mm. Um, they trusted someone so well. They went into business with them. I can't even remember what business it was now because I speak to so many people on a weekly basis. <laughs> this was last week, yeah. And I think it was, I think it was a restaurant, and it was a care. It was, I think it was a care home. Got from restaurant to care. Okay, care Gosh, home. Yeah. It was a care home, and they three hundred thousand pounds. Wow. And their care home went missing. They went missing, and what was the paperwork they, like? Was it any they, paperwork? They just trusted the person. They just transferred them. Or the solicitor, I think, 300000 they bought this building or they invested in this building and they just went. That's they just crazy. went. And now these poor people of like, I think they're 60, mm. are fully loaded on their property. Their property price has come down. Mm. Now they can't get a refinance because they're at retirement age. Um, they've got to sell their house. They've got a hundred grand liquid in it. And these poor people worked their whole lives because they were unencumbered. Mm. And... Um, not great, is it? Like, I mean, it's really you know, sad. Like, and we've this got is... a six, six year old people now, like stressed out of, of how they're gonna survive, and it's just so sad to see. So, I think the phrase someone says to me before is trust, but also verify at the same time. Mm. So, yes, we trust you, but give us an example of who else have you worked with? Can we yeah. speak to them? Yeah, for that much money as well, you shouldn't be trusted. Yeah, like that. yeah, I think um, that's a bit of a, a Dubai thing, it's very like. Like I said, there's no conveyancing, there's no anti-money laundering checks, mm. there's no tax. A lot of good faith. Uh, it's, it's all good faith. And um, yeah, it works, okay. But I think this is why UK is such a strong economy. Um, let's be honest, it's easy to make money here. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a lot more, because of the processes and the laws and regulations, a lot more fail-safes to make sure things don't go wrong. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of security and backing, and I think that's probably why. I think a light bulb just went. I think that's why um, UK is a great place to uh, it's live. Sl isn't it slow in the UK, though, Prop in terms of prop making money from property? slower than it is in Dubai, for example. Mm. So when I say slow, I mean, like, buy a property, wait for it to go up in value from 15, 20 years. Yeah, but that's versus... why there's people like me that can very speed, speed yeah. that along for you. If you find someone who can get you good deals, mm. under market value... Um, source the right properties, source the right builders. Deal don't waste deal sources. Don't waste time uh, doing the development. Yeah. Don't waste time getting planning. Someone knows what they're doing. It only takes long when you don't know what you're doing. You don't. You're just going on hope. 
Oh, you're like, I'll go yeah. up in 50 I wouldn't even class those people as an investor. They're just landlords. Who bought a property. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? An the investor. Old school landlord. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you have, you have, that has to change, yeah. the old school landlord. I think people don't want to sit on a property for 20, 30 years and then grow by... Hope it goes up. <laughs> grow by like 5, 10%. There's no because point. Because there's other things that you can get money quicker. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like how with clients now... I feel like a lot of younger people are buying properties. Yes. Um, do you feel like it's because they're getting help from people like me? Yeah, yeah, no, because now there's so many ways to access property. Right to rents. Right to rents. And just as, yeah, there's so many ways people like yourselves who are giving them things they didn't think about. You know, yeah. oh, this is possible. And these are numbers and we crack on. So, yeah, there's a lot of people with a lot of money that have saved up. Um, and they just want to invest, whether it's in buying a business, property, crypto, whatever. But people that was that, my next question. Go on. Crypto. Yes. Can you buy a property in the UK with crypto? Proceeds of crypto. <laughs> proceeds of crime. <laughs> no. uh, proceeds of crypto. Well, some banks see it as that, but if you've yeah, if you've withdrawn the money, mm-hmm. then you can. So if it's liquid and it's out of the account, you can. It's not easy. Not everyone will do it. Very limited lenders. Very limited. If it's in the if it's in your wallet, no chance because that could go down tomorrow, right? Oh yeah. It's got to be so out. You take it out. Put it into your bank account. Mm. And then they'll, they'll do some enhanced due diligence on it. How long would it take? I've done, I've only done one. And yeah. it took about an extra three months on top of the usual convincing process. And it was for the bank, they're comfortable that this is how the... What they wanted to check was the initial investments. If you put 10 grand in and that was 100 grand, where do you get your 10 grand from? That's all Because that's all it can check, right? How about big money, like millions? Same difference. Where did you get your initial input from? Okay. As long that, as it's, so you're more concerned about the initial source. input, yeah, yeah. And then you can obviously see the trends. Because it's like shares. It's again, it's like stocks and shares. And shares, yeah. Uh, you can't really prove the middle bit because that's just mm. the market. Where Where did you get your investment from? Okay. So, do you recommend crypto as an? As, listen, as a, listen, listen. Side, my thoughts on crypto as are, a side hustle. My thoughts on crypto. It. I think it's very useful. I think the, the uh, not Bitcoin. What's the? ETH. No, no, no. The pla- the technology behind it. Is, is great. Yeah, I think it's useful and it will be very useful in buying houses, buying things, fractional ownership, all that kind of stuff. But during COVID, you know, we were led to believe that by now you could go to like McDonald's and pay for your food with crypto. Like it'd be that easy, you know, buy pedal, but that's not happened. So it definitely sped up the awareness, not the adoption of it for, for whatever reason. So Banks it's, just don't like it. And we know why, because they're obviously getting rid of it. It's unregulated as well. Cash. Yeah, yeah. And the banking system, I did a transfer once and NatWest they block it oh my god they put and I'm like I've been a NatWest customer my whole life got about four, I shouldn't even say this on screen say yeah. no I've got loads of bank accounts <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they didn't they didn't like they didn't yeah. like it at all so I think eventually when it's money it becomes regulated or when the government launches its own cashless type that that's when it becomes mainstream right mm. but that's a while away I know they've been trying I think people should take risks, but I, like I say, I think people need experts to take risks. They need with to understand and because you, it's a scary thing losing money, isn't it? Yeah, unless they're going to give <laughs> you the money and you manage their wallet for them. Yeah, they, I don't see. I wouldn't recommend people to put their life savings into crypto and manage it themselves. Yeah, that's what I mean. With yeah. an expert, but again, who do you trust to, yeah. to give so much money to? Mm-hmm. And then how about if they just say, oh, your money's gone now. Yeah, it didn't do sorry. very well this <laughs> last six months. <laughs> I've lost your life savings. And, yeah. it, and it's really happening. And I think that's why we need to make that aware that everyone needs to be really careful and maybe get contact us, maybe, if if you feel like you're going to be put into 
a little vulnerable position with going it, into something like this. Is it money you could afford to lose or not lose sleep over? I think that's that's my threshold with investments. Yeah. Because if it's money that you should basically be able to set and forget, forget about it. If it goes up, great. If not, it's an investment. Okay. And businesses. Yes. How do you... Right, with business finance. Mm-hmm. A lot of people now are getting lending to buy, to buy business. businesses. Oh, my God. So... Good friend of mine, mm. Daniel Ludlow. I need to do you guys. I think you might get on. Get yeah. him on the podcast. He's in Dubai all the time as well. Oh, okay. He's got a real estate company in Dubai. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, great. so he runs a program called the 5D program. And it's like a business buying network. He teaches people how to do I've it. seen him. I think I spoke to him every day. Really white teeth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely guy. Um, yeah, so oh, he's from Wales as well. Oh, yes. We're both from Newport. We're from the same city. All Are the best like people besties? in the world. The, the the ongoing joke is we only ever see each other outside of Wales whenever we catch up, even though we live like 20 minutes from each other. Um, but, yeah, so he has this kind of program and some of the guys in the group are buying businesses with very little money going in. Mm-hmm. Combination of seller finance, invoice finance, performance-based finance. If I want stuff that to me was alien like six months ago, but he's, yeah. he's like, Shaz, can you do it? I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to do it, but I'll learn about it until I, until yeah. I go into it. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's in a very American model. Mm-hmm. But it works, you know, if you could buy... So my my kind of friend or my client who had 15 properties in nine months, right? He's like, it took me nine months to get this much cash flow. Mm-hmm. Because I bought one business and he does the same. I put less money in that business. Mm-hmm. So why would I not buy another business? So have you done... You're not into business finance yet? I'm not comfortable enough or confident yeah. enough to say I do it. I'm yeah. still learning about it. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's something that I've I've been hearing a lot mm. of. And obviously... Again, if you're not an expert in that business, like with property and crypto, you need to find an expert before you um, buy into a business. Because, again, there's so much money you could lose from opening companies. 100%. And I think knowledge is power. If you don't know what you're getting into, don't get into it. Don't get into it. But I think everything we've touched on, there's so much education out there, good education mm. out there, good people teaching this sort of stuff. Yeah. So it's not hard to learn or find the knowledge. Yeah, you might have to... Okay. For free, go on YouTube and find it and combine it yourself. Or you can pay someone who will give it to you in a different way. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's how you learn yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, like we said, it's risky and be prepared. But there's just so much out there that, that gives you that knowledge. And what would you say would be the most monetary beneficial business or thing to do now? in Or for 2024? Um, so in terms of businesses, I, you know what? I was looking at businesses that can't be taken online. So, for example, I was looking at a tanning salon because you can't take that online. You know, you have to physically have a tanning salon. But one of those coin-operated ones because then you just need one member of staff there. <laughs> I used to go to a coin-operated tanning good? salon last about 16. Yeah, any good? <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> but those kind of businesses like barbershop salons where you can't, mm. you know, you can't move that online. Yeah. So they can't be yeah. replaced. Garages, MLT, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So if you look at so businesses, trades, trades manual, late manual, manual type trades. Work. How did money in 2024? Look, my favorite rapper is uh, Charlie Gambino. And he says in a song a while ago, he says, there's a million ways to shine. So just choose one. There's so many ways to make money. It's, it's not difficult. So you haven't got any tips for the future? For people? Well, find out, what you're, find out what you're good at. Find out what you enjoy and where the overlap is. Do that. Okay. That bit in the middle. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's that's really great advice and I feel like you've really hit 
hit it on the head there. What are your personal goals for 2024? So with the business, I really, really, really need another broker or more brokers. Okay. So Looking for staff, please. Staff, please. So we can do what I do. So lead generate and get business and find the deals. It will allow me to be a bit more time free and do more podcasts. <laughs> but come I mean, to Dubai. Come to Dubai. And I put a business out there. Absolutely. But it means I can me. be a bit more mobile and, and travel and that. Personally, I'm content. You know what? People are like, are you busy? What's your work-life balance? This and that. I'm just happy. Like, my office is five minutes from where I live. So I get to the office normally half seven. Half seven and nine. I, no one calls in. So I get loads done. And then most days I'm done by three, That's half early. three. Right. 7.30. Yeah, yeah. But then I'm, I wake, I'm awake anyway. But then, yeah, I get everything done by two, half two. Mm-hmm. I go to the gym, go home. Like, and then, yeah, I keep around my emails. But I still don't, I'm not as on it as I used to be. So that's balance for me. Yeah. I've got capacity to be busy, but I'm as busy as I want to be. Happy. Life is about balance, right? 100%. It and is. I'm happy. Happy with my income. Happy with my it balance. Is. Happy it is with about balance, everything. definitely. And um, have you had any challenges that you can tell us that you've learned from? And how can you, hmm. how can you um, help people with the challenges that you've gone through? Interesting. What challenges have I had? You know what it is? I, I'm, I'm always a glass half full kind of person. So when there's things that have gone wrong or whatever, I'm just like, okay, cool. I mean, I'm quite emotional. I will react in the minute for like two minutes and I'm like, okay, cool. Now let's just deal with it. Um, there's been, I mean, look, the budget happened. Things happen all the time. So the budget happened. Everyone's like, oh my God, you know, lending's going to stop. No, it wasn't. Shut up. Like, or yeah. I, so I'm not that way where things are always a challenge, good and bad. I don't look at things in a sense of this is going to ruin me or ruin my business because there's just so much to do and so much keep to help. Positive. Yeah, keep, I think, yeah, positive mental attitude. And it doesn't mean you're like rainbows and sunshine. It's not that. But it's about once you know how much control you have yeah. over your life and your business, things change. I think balance is so important. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I really recommend people to balance their lifestyle and, and find other 100%. ways that makes them happy other than business and money. Yeah, yeah. Look, don't let your job or your business run your life. It should yeah. be the other way around. You should build your vocation around your life. million percent. million percent. Okay. And have, well, we spoke about advice to enhance wealth lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel, where do you think the market's going to turn in 2024? So. I was looking at some repossession data the other day in preparation for this, actually. I thought I'd have some knowledge. And repossessions are slightly on the up. Yeah, I've seen that. But not enough to be a concern, Yeah, I don't think. No. Again, so I anticipated so much more. I think the market will settle down. This is what I mean. My investor clients haven't stopped investing. So for me, it's business as usual. You know, they're still doing two, three deals every quarter per person, which is what they were doing last year. Um, Maybe making a bit less. Make, ha- I'm happy to make a bit less, but eventually rents will have to increase slightly to cover the increased costs. It's a business they after all, right? They cannot grow up anymore than they've gone up. But in then the last year. it's they've a business. Gone up like twenty five percent. Well, they have, but it's a business. So if the landlord's costs have gone up, like landlords aren't making money anymore, right? Yeah, but I feel like it's done now. I feel like twenty twenty four. I'll be honest with you. I just find it. I feel like people find it really hard to make money at the moment mm-hmm. with. With property. Property, yeah. Definitely, which is why there's those other strategies that people are starting to do mm. to get cash flow or get a pot of cash. But the uh, prices have to come down. I think they will. You still think they're going to come down? I think it, it depends where, though. Some areas have stayed pretty buoyant. Mm-hmm. But places like South Wales, Hull, Manchester, those places have come down a little bit. Um, 
mortgage approvals have gone up as well. So there's applications being done and they're getting approved. All in all, I'm positive. I'm always positive. But I think there's enough to, there's enough to go around. Okay. So 2024. Yes. We're manifesting everyone to make loads and loads of money. Listen to loads of rap music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> get your goals in order. Yes. This is, I need to work on that. Maybe this can be my 2024. I've never been big on travel, see? You know oh. why? I know why it is as well. Because as a, as a youth, all of my holidays were going to Pakistan with parents. <laughs> so they're all just family holidays. I've been away twice with my friends. Three times with my friends, sorry. And that includes Dubai. So yeah, travel has never been a big thing for me. Okay. But I understand. Get that on your vision board. It needs to be because it opens up your world, doesn't it? Yes, it, it opens up your eyes. I feel, I, feel, I think it's a great yeah. way why I actually... Mm, well, would I call myself successful? But it, it's a no. Part it is of because you become worldwide, and yeah, you know, and my eyes are just wide open yeah. to to different cultures. Well, hold me accountable. Like, ask me in six months. Like. I, no, no, I'm gonna ask you like <laughs> in two weeks' time. Oh, wow, where are you traveling to? Yes, okay. This year and when you travel into Fine. it, make okay. it happen. Making it happen, and what uh, I would recommend people to educate themselves more. Yes, educate yourself. I'm all for self-education as well. It's mm -hmm. very important to just immerse yourself. But also, I think there is value in structured education. Whether Even if you have to pay for it, don't be cheap. You know, it's, uh, Don't be short-sighted. It's going to cost me 10 grand. Well, you you're gonna pay make... for what you get in life, yeah. guys. Simple yeah, but that. on that, like we said earlier, trust <laughs> people, but verify what they're telling you as well. Okay, okay. And um, what game mm -hmm. would you say life is like the most? Oh, interesting. I was playing Monopoly yesterday. And it is a bit like Monopoly. <laughs> You're going round and round. <laughs> um, oh God, what game? I'm going to say Monopoly, yeah. Just because it's raising in my head right now. Okay, that's, yeah. that's, a, good, that's a good one for us. For real estate. Obviously. <laughs> um, I, I, one of my favourite games, I think, was Monopoly growing up. Yours? Yeah, but my sister cheats all the time. <laughs> she was, always wants to be the banker. Monopoly. She wants to be the banker. Like, don't be Just, the, I was like, if you can be the banker, at least be legit with the banker. It's, it's an unwritten law. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to ask you some multiple choice questions. Rap or house music? Oh, rap. All day long? All day long. British or American rap? American rap. Okay, who's your favourite rapper? Charlie Gambino. Wow, we said that earlier. What's your favourite film? Oh, Godfather 1 and 2. I was about to say, so uh, war, comedy or romantic? Of those three, uh, comedy. Really? Yeah, I love a good rom-com as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. I don't even watch films, I'm terrible. Okay, and... Uh, Football, watches or cars? Uh, watches. Not that I have a collection, but I, I have no, no interest in football. Not really a flashy car person, so yeah, watches. Do you feel like watches are a good investment? Yes. Yes? Yes. I know a lot of people who mainly have watches. And watches are quite down at the moment. Mm -hmm. Good time to buy. Good time to buy. Just trust us. Buy, sell, buy, sell. That's what we're going to be. We're going to be on next year saying, yep. buy, sell. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like, sell now. Um, but that's what life's about. And I really think that is, is that's what we're going to do. We're going to help people buy and sell, correct, mm -hmm. and um, help the world. I Just make less financial I, mistakes. I feel really like, pure in this podcast oh it's just the way it's the heavenly setup <laughs> i'm like i just want to help everyone and i want to see what where we're going to go into it i'm really excited about next year i'm excited about every i don't think is you know with this whole new resolution thing i don't do like quarterly every quarter i will sit down okay. with myself and just think out what how's it gone what we do next quarter um and the, the only way is up you, you gotta have faith in yourself and back yourself yeah yeah always winning yeah yeah. Thank you for coming on to Steve Both Sides like Chanel, Shaz and Chanel. 
had the best podcast today. Yes, we did. <laughs> uh, come to Dubai next year. Shall do. There's going to be loads of amazing shows coming up in Dubai. Yeah. I'm really excited about. Fabulous. And I'm not going to forget you when my podcast like big blows. Yes, when you're the female Stephen Bartlett, you're going to be bigger <laughs> than him. Oh, I hope so. I want you on, by the way. <laughs> oh, Stevie B. I'll commit that. <laughs> Please. I need to manifest that next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm um, thank you, honestly. No worries. It's been Thanks so amazing. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thanks for watching. And anything, Please. let us know. Mortgages, finance, property, the world, manifestation, goals. Hit dreams. that like button, hit that share like button, subscribe. click subscribe. <laughs> See you next time on See Both Sides Like Peace Channel. out. <laughs>